Thank you so much for joining us for the... Can I do that again? Sorry. No. It came out. Thank you so much for joining us for the Modcast today. It's the podcast from the Modern Theater. My name is Abby Crawford, and I have a very fantastically funny, hilarious, serious guest today. Dougie Dawson is with us today. But first, all of our current running shows. Right now at Spokane Civic Theater, White Christmas. It's running through December 19. You can get tickets at spokanecivictheater.com. Stage left, opening tomorrow, Red Hot Patriot, the kick-ass wit of Molly Ivans. It runs through December 20th. Right now at the Modern Coeur d'Alene, we have the Great American Trailer Park Christmas Musical running through December 20th. I hear it's a blast and a ball. Go see it. You can get tickets at themoderntheater.org. Also coming up, All Is Calm, running December 17th through the 20th at the Bing. Please get your tickets through ticketswest.com. Joining us today is my good and dear friend, Dougie Dawson. Hi, Dougie. Hi, Abby. I'm so glad you're here. I thought we should have started it with your laugh. (laughs) Everybody everybody knows my laugh. You know, I've been told that people would pay me if I would come to their show just so that they could place me as a a set-up laugh in the show. Absolutely. Yes, when you know when Abby's there, there's a few people when you're like, oh, thank God, they're there. People are going to know it's okay to laugh at this. Yeah, you know, my mom has a very similar laugh to mine, and she'll be at a show, and people say, oh, I'm so glad you came to the show last night. I'll have to tell I'm sorry, I I wasn't there. It was probably my mom. Anyways, back to you. Mm -hmm. You've got so much going on uh, in this coming year. You're in a show right now at the Modern Coeur d'Alene. Yes, the the Great American Trailer Park Christmas Musical. That's a, that's a lot to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of words for a title. <laughs> so, tell me about your character. My character, because he's so much like you, right? Oh, absolutely like me, <laughs> Jackson Boudreau. He's kind of he's kind of a believe it or not a tubby Elvis. Sort of, I, I get to wear a padded gut. <laughs> I say, how to get? I've <laughs> yeah, the, never even known you to be. It's actually every- a pregnancy belly, but we just like push it down in a leotard, and it <laughs> looks like a beer belly. <laughs> <laughs> a oh, leotard. Oh, and yes, I actually did one night. I'm standing there in this white skin tight leotard with the belly, and I have fake chest hair glued on as well, right? <laughs> like like bushy black fake chest hair, and I'm like, I can hear them all out in the green room talking, and I'm like, they need to see this. <laughs> So I just came walking out. I'm like, hello. And they're like, oh, God, go back in your dressing room. I'm like, you're welcome. Will you do me a favor and take a picture of that and send it to me? Absolutely, as long as it does not. Oh, it'll end up on public media. I, know I won't that. put it on. <laughs> I'll, I'll use it for my own self. It'll be a poster <laughs> in your house. Look at, uh, we can call this one heroin chic with fake chest hair and a fake belly. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Well, that's not necessarily the craziest thing you've done, right, as far as theater goes. What do you think the craziest thing you've done as far as a... Uh, Theater, theater wise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if we're limited by that parameter, I don't know. Uh, burr, 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 well, let's burr. see. What I think it? honestly, the scene with Dan McKeever, the the oh my the love song, the gay love duet in Rock of Ages, was possibly the craziest and possibly the most fun I've ever had on stage. The best thing I've ever. Se- okay. Yeah, that I've ever seen. <laughs> I love that part so much. You guys did it so well. And I thought it was, as a joke, like it was put up on on uh, the Facebook. Right, right. right. And then you're and like, I'm, I'm like, no, that's part of the show. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? I love 
God! It was so great. It was great to um, witness that particular part of fantastic theater. Actually, my very favorite thing that I've ever seen you do, besides Assassins. I mean, you were a great Cholgosh in Assassins when we did that in... And you were a great squeaky from. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, I think it's called, oh, it's the show. Sorry, Wrong Chimney. Where you were the the crazy Santa guy, right? But when you did that jump, like a dead jump over the sofa, I couldn't stop laughing. Okay, wait, wait, because there's similar things within this show that are longer and much more physically exhausting. Whoa. Should I I give a little teaser? Please. Okay. My character gets possessed. Oh, Thank the Lord. Yeah. For a while. I mean, honestly, by the end of it, when he collapses, I'm like, thank God that's how they ended this because I need to <laughs> lay down. I'm so physically exhausted by the end of it. But it's super fun. But you're a very physical actor anyway, so you're used to doing this kind of stuff, yeah? Yeah, but I'm getting old. I mean, I'm 45 <laughs> now, and I do that. Like, when the first time we ran that, I'm like, this is going to be so funny. And I'm like, hey, give me a minute. <laughs> I'm bending over. Can I Can I end with a pass out instead? Because it's realistically happening right now. <laughs> and down I go. Okay, but the, the jump in Sorry, Wrong Chimney? Mm-hmm. Seriously, I mean, it, it just the physics of it that you went, it was a dead jump. Like you didn't make a run for it. You just jumped over the sofa. Yeah, it's kind of, well, that's the advantage of having a 38 inch inseam. I really, it's like you could jump <laughs> over a cinder block and that's what a couch is to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. My legs are a little shorter. Um, so, uh, what's your favorite part about the show? My favorite part about this show, um, this is going to sound so cliche, but I love the audience laughter. I love that they get into it because I was a little nervous. I was kind of like, yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a different Christmas show. Although that's all I've ever done. I did Sorry, Wrong Chimney, which is not your traditional Christmas show. Then at the modern Coeur d'Alene, when it was still Lake City, I did uh, David Sedaris's um, Santa Land Diaries, not a traditional Christmas show. So I've kind of fallen into this not traditional Christmas show. Remember when you were supposed to be in All is Calm? I remember that. That would have also been a not traditional Christmas show, but probably one of the best things I've ever done. Oh, but you're not in it. I know I'm not in it. I'm bummed out. Actually, when I heard them at the season preview, I was kind of like, I don't know if I should have been. Those guys can sing. I mean, I can fake my way through singing. But I don't know. I'm, honestly, I'm not trying. I'm not fishing for a compliment. No. That sort of vocal work, you would have been, you and Zach would have had to work with me a lot to get my voice up to that standard. But see, it's good as an actor and as a performer to know what your limitations are, right? I could never jump over a sofa. <laughs> right. Do you know? But I the- will never play Jean Valjean. <laughs> yeah. But if you look at what you did with Tenardier, because you played Tenardier twice? No, once. No, I was once. supposed to do it twice, but then I moved. Oh, that's I right. Moved and then you moved. Right. Yeah. Um, but also, Cholgosh. I mean, th- he had a lot of music in Assassins, and mm-hmm. you did a fine job with it. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because that was my first music. Well, that wasn't my first musical. That was my first really complicated musical in a long, long time. And I remember you several times kind of helping me with vocal technique and stuff like that. And then I did uh, uh, another show that had like three different vocal instructors in it. And... Um, Really, I've been very lucky that way that people are like, no, try this, do this, do this. And I'm getting like free vocal instruction. Mm. The only thing I want to do is someday do a show where there's tap dancing <gasps> so I can learn how to tap dance. I I've been in three tap, tap dance shows. shows. And every time they cast me as like the cranky, cranky guy <laughs> who's not going to be in a tap dance number. So I watch them all learn how to tap and I'm like, this sucks. You should learn with them. Even though you're not going to do it, you should just get up there and dance with them. I Why could, wouldn't you do that? I couldn't afford the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I'll help you, you can borrow my shoes. Tap dancing in flip-flops is not the same effect. 
I've always said that. I have a t-shirt. You do not. No, I don't have a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So you get to work with some great people on the show too. Kelly McKinney Cabe is one of my favorite humans. Oh, she's ever. wonderful, yeah. And who else is in the show? You've got Kelly McKinney Cabe, you've got Sean Hunt. Mm-hmm. Who's absolutely brilliant. Worked with him in Rock of Ages too. You know, the other day I was talking to him in our dressing room. I was wearing my Leotard. And uh, <laughs> of course. And you know, um, I finally asked him, I'm like, so how old are you? I thought he was gonna say like 25, 26, not that he looks 25 or 26, but just because of his professionalism and his ability, he's like, I'm 21. And I'm like, dude, you are absolutely so on your game. Um, I mean, there's a lot of very talented people in their teens, don't get me wrong, but uh, his comic timing, his everything that Sean does on stage, the, the subtle things is so good that I expected him to say he was older. And, and again, I'm not trying to say that you have to be older to be good, but it just, it seemed like he must have been doing this for years. Right. Yeah. He He's was great just, in Assassins. He played um, Hinckley yeah. in Assassins. He did yep. a great job. And he was, he was in Sound of Music too. Yeah. He was Rolf. Was he Hinckley or was he Bick? No, he was Hinckley. He was Hinckley. Okay. He was Hinckley. Jeremy Whittington was Bick. That's right. Jeremy Whittington was Bick. Um, so, uh, so with all of these talented people that you're working with and uh, your director, Brooke Bassett, mm-hmm. correct? So, what do you think was the most difficult piece about this particular show? The most difficult thing thing for me, uh, besides the fact that it's a very physical show for me, um, one of those things, I always sort of get the character that doesn't come on stage till like two thirds of the way through the first act and then has a featured number. And same thing with this one. And again, it's just the, the vocal in this song doesn't stop. And there's a very much the Elvis swag dancing going on and stuff. And I mean, about halfway through it, I'm like, how am I still singing? I'm so winded. You know, I got to get in shape. I tell you what, I really do. <laughs> uh, but besides that, I think the most difficult thing for me uh, was, how do, I, how do I say this? Trying to find a way to justify... <laughs> My own wanting to share Merry Christmases <laughs> and then doing it with this show. <laughs> it's called the Great American Trailer Park Christmas Musical. You're not going to be seeing White Christmas. <laughs> the act one finale, I'm going to go ahead and say it, is called Fuck It, It's Christmas. That's the name of the song. <laughs> this is what we're doing. And, and, and I was when I first read the script. And here's the other thing, too. It's farcical almost. It's almost a farce. Farces don't read well. So when I read the script, I was like, ugh. And, and then I thought, you know what? No, this is one of those shows you got to get on its feet before you know. Yeah. And sure enough, as, as we progress through rehearsal, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be funny. This is going to be really funny. But at first I was like, what did George cast me? <laughs> you know, just looking at it on the page. Sure. It doesn't work. It's got to be with the movement and the voice and the acting and the singing and, and the comic timing. It, you, just can't, you just can't read it and, and appreciate a show like that. So do you have a favorite moment on stage with this character? Uh, favorite moment on show on stage with this character, I think would probably be that possession scene <laughs> for a couple different reasons. It's towards the end of the show. So I know I can pass out soon. <laughs> no, it's really, it's ridiculous. And it, and it, and it tends to be getting the big, the big laughter too. And although I do have to say one of my favorite parts too, is there's a lot of ad lib in this show, you know, because it's kind of a farcical show. Um, there's a lot of, musical vamps that go on as people exit and people will just be saying whatever comes to their mind, right? Yeah. And we do this slow motion scene where I'm going to be fighting with Sean's character 
and I go running across the stage for a lawn chair, and I'm like, I'm going to grab this stupid lawn chair and smack your damn face off your head, you know? (laughs) And it was an improv thing, and then he's like, bring it, bro, (laughs) you know? I love that moment. I don't know why. It's just really, every single night I'm like, that's funny. I enjoyed it very much just here. The slow motion run you'll appreciate because I jump over a couch in slow motion. Seriously? No, no, there's no couch. I'm sorry. (laughs) Why would you do that to me? Still in my head. I see that so clearly. You need to text me the night you're coming and I will throw in a couch type jump. (laughs) Even though there's no couch. It's just like, it's the jump with the legs up like this sort of thing. (laughs) Where your legs just suddenly are up by your head and then you land. Oh my God, it was the funniest thing. And I think they actually had to hold on stage because I couldn't stop laughing. And I don't know if you know this about me. My laugh is fairly loud. Yes. Did we already cover that? I think we did. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so moving on from the musical, it runs through December 20th uh, at the Modern Coeur d'Alene. People can get their tickets, of course, at themoderntheater.org. Um, so let's talk about the next project. So your next project is your show that you've written. Yes. Correct? It's called It'll Come to You. Mm-hmm. And um, I want to know, and I've known about it for some time. You were talking to me in the very beginning stages right. of the show. And um, it's now going to be workshopped. Yes. At the Coeur d'Alene space? I think or is it here? I think we'll, I'm not sure where we're actually doing the workshop performances, but we'll pretty much be workshopping it where we can find a place to, re, you know, where there's right. rehearsal space. Yeah. So from start to workshopping, are you, your show is getting workshopped on the modern stage. Is that, how do you feel about that? It's, it is mind blowing. Here's what it was, here's the, here's what happened. So George has known I write, you know, have written for the stage, but I hadn't done anything since you know, a, a few different um, playwrights festivals at uh, at the Civic. And then, of course, those got canceled. But I kept writing, and I kept coming up with little ideas here and there. And, and um, so I finally, I, I told George, I'm like, George, I've got this idea for a one-act, two guys. You and I could do it as a fundraiser, right? And I, so I threw the idea to him, and he's like, yeah, I kind of like that. And then I even started writing this one-act, non-musical piece between... You know, it's a, basically it's a, it's a guy who dies from alcoholism and has a conversation with God. That's the whole idea. Started even writing a little bit, gave it to, gave it to, you know, sent George some of the stuff and he's like, yeah, I like it. I like it. Never got much feedback from him. Then he, um, let me know. I don't know when he made that announcement. I mean, I knew before he officially made the announcement that he was going to do the resident playwrights each year. And, uh, he said, so it's going to be, you know, Matt Hargett, then it's going to be you, then it's going to be Sandra Hoskins. And um, I always say her last name wrong. Hoskins. Thank you. Sorry, Sandra. Um, And he goes, so you'll be uh, workshopping your show in the 2015-2016 season. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, and here's the deal. I want it to be, because I'm like, I got this comedy idea. I got this comedy idea. Here's another comedy idea. I've got these great comedy ideas, right? He says, I want it to be that, that, uh, that show you told me about. I'm like, oh, okay. And I want it to be a full-length musical. Because <laughs> uh, he's heard me write my stuff, and he's heard me play my stuff. Right. And he's known, I've, I had another idea I pitched at him several times. It was kind of a serious piece, too. But he wanted this thing as a musical. So then it was a matter of, I think it was May 2014, I finally, like, I, well, before that, I started just outlining plots and scripts and character descriptions and all this sort of stuff and just started going, okay, how do I expand this story? How do I add the characters in? How do I, you know, create these moments 
And so then I basically sat down and, and I, I'll be brutally honest, I plagiarized the crap out of my own music. I mean, there's songs, there's a song in this show that Dan McKeever will be singing at the workshops that I wrote in 1991. Wow. I wrote when I was 21 years old, you know? Um, and so anyway, I, I, so I picked out different songs that would work. And then in the outline, I just put down, well, here's the song idea and here's the style of music I'd like. So I finally sat down, I took a week off in May of 2014, and I wrote the book. I wrote the first, first, first draft of the book. And I wrote out a lot of the lyrics without even writing the music yet. Then I ended up getting this job in Long Beach, Washington, which I thought would be great because there's really not a whole lot to do in Long Beach. I lived there for nine months. After a month, I had seen everything. So I just wrote. <laughs> and I started um, actually sitting down and charting out the music and finishing writing the music. And that took an enormous amount of time, even though all I wrote was a rudimentary score, you know, um, drums, bass, and either piano or guitar, and then the vocals. And um, Zach will be, Zach, uh, Zach Baker will be adding... Um, um, more, more arrangements to it, but, and then ended up with this workshop draft, you know, and one of the things I keep having to tell people at last school, can I read it? Can I read it? And I'm like, no, only the people in the workshop can, because it's not show ready. Right. You know, it's Which going, is why it's being workshop. Right. It's, uh, you cannot write a full length, maybe somebody can, I can't write a full length musical by myself. I cannot get that to a final product on my own. I am, I'm not it would lack. It would be lacking. Right. It, this is, I'm very proud of, of the draft I have now, but it would definitely be lacking if we didn't workshop it. So. Right. It takes so much. I. It's not something I probably would ever take on myself because I don't write music. And um, I'm just, I'm excited that it's being taken on for you because of how long you've been talking about it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's hilarious that he came back and he was like, no, I want that one. Yeah. Full length musical. That's what I want. Well, and I already have. Hey, you like could the- put a tap dance in it. Yeah. The tap dance number. <laughs> That's the other weird question I get. So are you going to be in it? I'm like, no, I can't be. I'm- I mean, I suppose I could, but, but, uh, can you tell us about the story? Absolutely. So what it is here, you know what? I just had to send this to George. So this is, this is, I wonder, yeah, I can do this cause he's going to be posting it soon anyway. And if I'm not <laughs> supposed to do it, I'm doing it anyway. Um, This is the brief show description that I sent to George. It says, when a very successful businessman and recovering alcoholic has a relapse and returns to drinking, the consequences are tragic and lead to a conversation he will never forget. This musical journey through the life of one man, his accomplishments and his grave sins leaves us questioning how much we give in life, how much we take, and whether it's too late to change. So basically, the gist of it is, you know, kind of like the original story, uh, this guy dies. Uh, although I changed it this time, he, he dies, uh, in a drinking and driving accident and actually kills several other people. Um, and has this conversation with God who basically, you know, sort of a, um, Christmas carol sort of thing, takes him through the sins of his life and continues to get worse and worse, you know, as we really kind of take a look at how big of a bastard this, I mean, the interesting thing is the main character is not likable. I mean, I think we'll all relate, though. Sure. He's relatable because we all have our bad sides. We just normally don't have to sit down and talk about all of them in one sitting, and he has to, you know? Right. Um, and it culminates in, a, in an ending. Um, I, I'll, I'll say this much. It has a very M. Night Shyamalan sort of ending. In fact, sort of a one-two punch, one-two-three punch at the end that I'm, that I'm hoping will make people go, oh, my God. You know, and then they'll want to come see it again to figure out what they missed. Right. So I can't say what that is, but ah. there is there's that sort of an ending to it that 
that I hope will make people just go, the, the entire show I just saw was not the show I thought I saw. Do you have a particular moment in the show that's, um, actually, I want to know if there's a favorite moment in the show for you and if there's one that's difficult for you to, um, that was hard to write, I suppose would be the way to put it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, the, the, the most easy to write, but difficult to write emotionally were the scenes in the beginning when he's still actively drinking and he has, has to go back to his marriage before it failed. And those conversations were so easy to write because I lived those, you know, I'm a recovering alcoholic and, and my ex had to live with that person. Um, and I think if she reads it, she's going to really enjoy it because I did not paint myself in a nice light. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and uh, yeah, and dude, I mean, you know, when I got divorced, I was like, this is, well, I drink cause of you, you know, <laughs> once we divorce, I'll be fine. And then once we divorced, I'm like, holy crap, I'm drinking a lot more now. I'm really, really <laughs> drinking a lot. So, you know, I had to really stop and go, okay, really the problem is not her. The problem is me. Um, so those scenes were difficult emotionally to write even more. So were the scenes, uh, that with his, uh, with his daughter, we start when she's very young in the show. And those were difficult for me because even through my own drinking, I would always try to make sure I was there for my kids. And this guy, basically, he just wanted to get successful and be able to like, there's a, there's a duet between the two where she's singing. I just want your time. I want your time. And he's like, I'm going to buy you everything. You know, I'm going to be so successful that I'll give you everything. And she's in the background saying, I just want your time. And he's ignoring her. You know what I mean? Um, my favorite point in the show that actually came about, I had to rewrite because it came about through us through an earlier song, that song I was just talking about. Um, I suddenly had one of those, oh my God, yes, sit down, write this now. <laughs> uh, and that was down in Long Beach. And what it was, was that it's, it's a very simple, pretty melody that she sings. And so she comes back down, her name, the character's name is Ayana. She comes back out and, and sings her song again. And the lights, I'm imagining, the lights will go down and suddenly lights come up on a teenage girl. And we realize this is the teenage version of her. And now she's singing like, you know, you were never there for me. You know, you're, you're a prick, you know. And then the lights come up on the young woman version of her. And she's on the phone with her mom saying, yes, I heard he's dead. You know, I wish we could have gotten closer again, but we never did. Then with that really simple, pretty melody, the little girl always sings, um, uh, I love my dad. Where is my dad? right? And the teenage girl is going, I hate my dad. Where is my dad? As we suddenly have the teenage girl sing that melody. And then the adult version of her is, um, I love my dad. My dad is dead. And what ends up happening is as the adult sings this, then the lights come back up on the, the young version, then the teenage version, then the adult version. And you have this three-part harmony of one character at three points in her life, all of them singing this round, but it's, I love my dad. I hate my dad. My dad is dead. And every single time I've shown that to people, they don't even have to see the rest of the show. There's tears in their eyes. I'm like, that's my Kleenex moment. Yep. I I'm just always got like, it. that's my Kleenex moment. My dad is a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. And you know, I, I oh, ta-da, your show should be wonderful. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that's a, it's a, it's a great idea, but I can understand the, the points. Um, yeah. Okay. I just, I cannot wait to see that. People on stage. cry? No, to see it, just to see it on stage. And I know that, you know, George, for example, um, I, I had put in the script, okay, you know, lights come up and there's bodies laying on the stage and a car crash. 
right? So George texts me and he goes, uh, I got an idea. What if in the intro <laughs> that music... That was so much like him too, wasn't it? <laughs> what if, you know, instead... During the intro music, all of a sudden lights come up and we see silhouetted bodies standing there on stage and we have a sound cue of car keys, a car starting, it's driving, it's racing, screeching tires and a car crash and all the bodies drop blackout. Then we don't have to worry about putting a crash on stage and the bodies are there and I'm like, freaking genius. Yeah. And I'm like, George, this is why I can't wait to workshop. And he goes, I just didn't want to have to put a car crash on stage. <laughs> <laughs> but, Simplicity. But a brilliant yeah, idea. Absolutely. Um, but see, that's the thing, creating the pictures. So you've got ideas so in your head yeah. and yeah, you've got, you've got all of the, the stuff that you, that's been in your head for so long to see it up on stage and to see how work it changes. It out like that. And, you know, like the, the, I had to rewrite the, the, the description at the top of the show. Yeah. I mean, I went right home that night. I, was, I just typed in like a madman, you know? <laughs> and so, um, I can't wait to be like when we're suddenly in the workshop and someone goes, what about blah, blah, blah. And I just go, yes, yes. I'll write it now. You know, <laughs> I, I just, I'm so excited for that. One of the things I've, uh, that I purposely left it in a workshopable stage, cause I could have kept changing. I had more ideas and stuff is that it's like, no, anymore. And I'm going to get too attached. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to be a, a difficult egotistical bastard. Like, nope, that's, I spent two months on that part. I'm not changing it. You know, um, do you think anybody would actually take you seriously though? No, I don't think they would. I think George would be like, you're changing it. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but you're so easy to work with though. You're so willing and ready to work on stuff. I, I think that even you're really good at listening to other people, you know, I mean, you in the, in the theater community anyways. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about the rest of your life, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that? <laughs> Get it? Because you said I'm good at listening, <laughs> and then I said, "What? Oh man, that's funny." I can always I count on if we're ever doing a show, or even like at the preview. He's he's always going to end up behind me at some point, and I'll be taking pictures of us, and he's doing a creepy face every single time. And I'll send him. I'll send him to the my one mom. You put up like of the progression. I'm just like far away, and then finally the last one. I'm just right behind you. I didn't even realize because I don't think we took them in that order. No, nope. you just montaged it that way. It was beautiful. Yes, it's fantastic. I can always this count on you for creepy me. selfies. <laughs> my mom's always like, "Oh, that dog." That's all. That's all she could talk about after she saw um, your your show, the the Trailer Park Musical. That's all yeah. she hit that guy. He is so funny. So that funny. Doug Dawson. He is so funny. The whole cast is so funny. Actually, going back to that, one thing I did want to say too that I really appreciate about the Trailer Park Musical is that the three main ladies that are basically serve as the the like a Greek chorus, if you will. They tell the story. Their and harmonies Callie and Amber and. Sharisa? Sharisa, yeah. Their harmonies are not easy, and they nail them nice. every night. Nice. And that really carries the show. Well, see, and here's another point. Everybody knows you for your comedy. Clearly, that's what we know you for. So Wait, what? <laughs> but now you've got this show that's mega serious, right? I mean, are there lighthearted parts in it or is it just Yeah, there's some funny parts. You know, there's a scene where he's telling about and I and you know, it's really funny because it was one of the first things that I uh I was home when I was living in Long Beach, I came home and I just wanted to show him some progression that I'd done. So Zach and George and I got together and and um um I had just done the writing for this thing called the drinking song, which is where he literally ends up as he's telling his story and his progression in alcoholism, he ends up underneath a bridge with some other guys, right? So I've got this very oom-pa-pa drinking song, you know, and I'm showing it and George, is, George and Zach's like, mm, I kind of like that. And George is like, it's not going to be funny, is it? You know what I mean? He's kind of concerned. 
Uh, but there's a light part. And even within that, there's a part in that number where there's a, a vamp in the music and the guys, you know, the, the main character's like, I can't do this. I'm done. I'm moving on. You know what I mean? I'm going to get my life together. I'm, I can't, I can't believe I ended up here. And they start going, no, 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 buddy. It's great, dude. You want to be here. And, and like the most drunk of the three, of the three drunk men that he's with starts talking about, he's like, this is what we do. We live on our bridge and we drink. Oh, and sometimes we use the bathroom. And he goes on and tells this story about how he was so drunk that he, that he took a crap, then looked for something to wipe his butt with and ended up picking up his own turd and wiping his butt with it. So we actually, <laughs> we actually have that moment in this show. So I managed to put in like the ultimate poop joke in the show, which I'm proud of. Now I can see George going, I, I really think we need to cut that. I'm going to be like, no, they're going to need a break at that moment. The audience is going to want to be like, and they've already been slapped across the face with the reality of what's right. going on that we just well, find that's out. It's like this. a show like uh, the wild party, you know, it's, it's a serious mm -hmm. show and it's tragic, but there had to be moments of levity. Otherwise your audience is going to be like, Oh my that's God. It. I mean, just, look, come at, on. look at Les Mis. I mean, seriously, one of the reasons I love playing Tenardier in Les Mis is that it's the, it's the comic relief because you need it. Yeah. I mean, by the time the Tenardiers first come on stage in Les Mis, the audience is ready to slash their wrist. I mean, it's so just like, oh, my God, it's so sad. Dirty, dirty. Right. So, you, you know, and, and so I've got that intermixed. Most of it, though, besides that, most of it comes between there's some pretty witty, witty banter as the relationship builds between the God character and the main character, whose name is Anton. Anton. So, yeah. And uh, Robbie French will be playing Anton, which mm -hmm. is great. Uh, at least in the workshop, I'm hoping he'll do it when they stage it, um, because it has a pretty seriously demanding vocal. Um, I mean, it goes from low baritone range all the way up to, I think at one point he's holding a, a B flat for two wow. measures, you know, and then uh, Brandon Montaigne's going to be playing the God character, which oh, is so great because... I love that guy. The character needs to be... Believable. Believable, but yet uh, caring, yet... Real. It's kind of like, you know, like when you're, you know when you were a kid and your parent looks at you and they're like, I'm so disappointed in you. Yeah. And there's love in their voice, but you know you're busted. Yeah. That's the way that character needs to be. And I think Brandon is going to do a great job Oh, that's of awesome. That. Yeah. So who else is in the workshop? Oh my gosh. Uh, it, it's changed up. I can't remember now. Uh, burr, 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 burr. Awkward. Uh, you could edit that out, Dad. <laughs> or we could just leave it in. <laughs> or we could. So here I am looking through my Facebook. Okay, here we go. Now, I don't think this is accurate because I think it's been updated. Uh, Robbie French is playing Anton. Brandon Montagne played the God character. Uh, Dan McKeever is playing the third drunk man, Jeff and Mark. Uh, Matt Gerard will be drunk man number one in ensemble. Oh, Matt, Matt Gerard gets to be the one who tells the poop story. <laughs> I just realized that. No, what's great about that is Matt Gerard's grandmother and my mother have been friends for like 60 years. So I'm going to be like, yeah, look what I did with uh, Rose Gerard's grandson. I made him <laughs> talk about pooping in his own hand. Um, <laughs> Kelly Houstein. Uh, I'm not going to say what their characters are. Sarah Miller. Sarah, uh, Sarah Bowers McNeese will play the young character. Oh. Uh, everybody else besides uh, Brandon, Robbie, and Sarah Bowers-McNeese are playing multiple characters. Uh, Abby Hare, Janelle Frisk, Evan Fig Figueroacion, and Emily Cleveland. Fun. What a yeah. great group of people. And uh, 
Zach will be arranged. Now, I, actually, I think Chris is doing some arrangements too, though. And Chris will be the music director. Uh, Chris, what is Chris's last name? Beezer. Thank you. Chris Beezer, who is the music director of. I'm very uh, excited. I get to work with him on Dogfight. He is so great. He took over music direction of this, and mm-hmm. I just, I'm so easy to work with. And yeah, we actually kind of got into a debate about something right before the show. And I, and I went up and I apologized, and I was like, I'm sorry, you're the music director. Because he was like, no, the line is this. I'm like, well, no, the line is this. Anyway, and then he went back and checked. And I, before that, I said, I'm sorry, you're the music director. You know what I mean? I, that was, I was at it. It wasn't like we were yelling at each other. I was right. like, no, I think it's this. He's like, no, it's this. I'm like, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're those sort of awkward, like, you know what I mean? Anyway, so I apologized to me. I said, look, you're the music director. I should, you know, when you tell me to do something, I got to do it. And then he came back like five minutes later. But you were right. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's good to have a good working relationship with the music directors. I mean, I think we've been very blessed with uh, our music director, our resident music director, yeah. Zach. You know, and to, to get um, people who are willing to work and good at what they do. Mm-hmm. I think that the Modern is building a really fantastic um, crew crowd, group, whatever you want to call it. Absolutely. Um, but how fun to be able to take your show, put it up on stage with people you trust, mm-hmm. people you know who are going to stand behind you and be able to tell you, well, yes, this works, but no, that doesn't. And you're able to listen to them because they're your friends and your colleagues. I can't and wait to change it. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's yeah. the most exciting thing to me is that it's like, it's kind of like, um, you know, being a songwriter, I used to do lots of open mics and things like that and di- play different shows, acoustic sort of shows. The most flattering thing in the world is when a friend of a friend of yours covered one of your songs. Oh, yeah. And basically what's happening is I've got all these amazing, talented people. And when someone covers your song, they normally play it a little bit different than you do, right? Right. I've got all these amazing people, not only willing to cover this show, if you will, but willing to give the input to make it better. That is about the most flattering thing as a songwriter and, and uh, playwright that I can think of. It's that's huge. Awesome. Yeah, that's a really, really cool thing. So, But when they do, if they have an idea and they're like really kind of pushing an idea and I'm gonna, uh, I don't like it, I'm finally going to be like, I said no, I'm the playwright, I'm in charge. And then you're going to jump out. over a sofa. Get out. <laughs> Right? Oh, yeah, and they jump right <laughs> jump over, over the sofa. sofa. Look how mad I am, boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the sound that I thought you would have made. Boy, you should have a boy in there. I do say boing in this show once. Oh, I can't wait in the to great American see it. Career. I am yeah. so going as to I text say you the, when I come out As to I see say, it. high beams. Boing. <laughs> and awesome. so you know out there in Podland, I did little finger nipples. <laughs> finger nipples. We can't, oh, we can't say nipple. As long as it's covered with Finger pink. center of areolas. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, this has been an awful lot of fun today. So uh, your workshop is in January. Yes. Uh, it's actually January, March. No. Okay. Oh. We just changed the date. Did we? Okay. January dates to be determined because okay. there's other things that are coming up that may conflict that. Uh, there's a March date and a June date. Awesome. Yeah, because I think the March date is right before uh, I start rehearsals for uh, A Bright New Boise. Right. This spring at the Modern Coeur d'Alene. So, okay. So being workshopped January, March, and June. Uh, the show you're in right now, the Great American Trailer Park Christmas Musical is running through December 20 mm-hmm. at the Modern Coeur d'Alene. And um, any other projects, or are you singing with a band anymore? Is there anything like that going Not on? Not playing in the band. Uh, did just um, resign from my current position in my regular job job. I'm a chemical dependency counselor and accepted a job in another facility as the um, 
clinical supervisor, which is, uh, it's like going from being a teacher to being a principal. <laughs> so it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. And I'm very flattered to have been offered it. And so that's, that's kind of pretty cool. Um, you know, I bought a house this year, so that's been <gasps> oh, wonderful. Oh, you're growing up. I know. I'm I so just, proud of you. I just traded in my F-150 on a Chevy Sonic. <laughs> Because I'm driving a quarter lane so much. Well, it looks like a clown car. Just me getting out of it. I have to fold myself in half. No. Actually, there's plenty of leg room. But it, I was getting... Uh, the truck, I was getting 15 miles per gallon driving yep. a quarter lane. So I'm yeah. getting 40 miles per gallon. It's, it's a big dedication. I'm doing a show out there mm-hmm. in April. I think we start rehearsals in April. I'm playing Reno Sweeney and Anything Goes. Thank nice. Thank very much. Tap show. You want to come and learn how to tap? I'll just show up. <laughs> That'd be so much Are fun. Are you in the show? No, nope. <laughs> but I need to learn how to tap. <laughs> so awesome. I'm going to start taking, uh, uh, lessons with Angela Pearson. She does, nice. you know, tap lessons. You should start taking with her too. I just think it'd be so, I just tap is, I don't know why, how, how nerdy am I that I'm like, dude, you know, people are like, Oh, why don't you take some hip hop lessons? Or why don't you do this? First of all, I'm white and I'm 45. <laughs> I'm either going to learn, you know, tap, or I'm going to learn what is that the line? Shim sham dance. The, no, what is the line? What is that? The the, the, the river dancing. dance. River dancing. <laughs> the like the whitest dance in the world. I will not move my arms or upper body, but my legs are going nuts. That's how white I am. I, I've seen you dance like that sometimes. Just because I just do it walking down the street. Like if you're downtown, by the way, at night, and you're kind of like scared, and people are coming, just start biting your own shoulder and making noises. <laughs> people, I don't care. They could be gangbangers. They're gonna cross. The other side, they were like, "Look out! That guy is nuts." Oh my god! <laughs> or whistle. I can't breathe. <laughs> oh. I don't know. This has nothing to do with theater. I'm just giving advice about how to walk downtown now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I think we've <laughs> reached the end of this program. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. I am pleased that you're back in town. I was very sad when you had moved, but I'm glad that you're back now and that you're in as many shows as you have been in and that you're going to be in. And oh, you keep it's so great. That, that year without theater, I mean, I wrote, but something was missing. Yeah. You know, something was missing. That's a it's huge... It's called the stage. It's the stage. <laughs> it's the stage. It's, it's not just the stage. It's the audience. It's the cast members. It's a rehearsal process. Mm-hmm. It's the bonding. It's all that, you know? There's this, the, the Spokane theater community is absolutely a community and a family and it's It's pretty amazing. Missed it it terribly. Yeah. Except for, um, except for you, Abby. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you missed me most of all. I missed Abby the most. I'd lay in bed in the fetal position and cry, (laughs) sucking my thumb and then just lift my head up sadly and go, Abby. (laughs) And then my, my daughter was living there with her. I'd be like, change my diaper. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's how upset i was <laughs> you can see doug in the great american trailer park christmas musical through the 20th at the modern quarter lane and then look for his workshops and possible staging of the show coming up this next year yes it'll come it will come to you it will come to you dang it I'll, i'm never gonna get it right it will come to you i loved it when she goes what's the name of the show i'm like it'll come to you and she goes no seriously <laughs> I did and i've waited for someone to do that joke she's the first i'm so pleased Ta-da! Yay! And that's why you miss me most. I know it. Awesome. Thanks so much for being on the show, Dave. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for the Modcast today. It's the podcast from the Modern Theater. My name is Abby Crawford. As always, if you're looking for more information about the Modern Theater, please visit our website, themoderntheater.org. 
or you can find out all your news at our blog, themodernnews.org. Of course, you can find us on all kinds of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye.